Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to OKF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, reporting from the home bunker. Folks, by now you have seen yet another grim headline about a 16-year-old girl who is in Florida and by the courts have been has been denied access to an abortion because the courts have decided that she, quote, is not mature enough. So apparently a 16-year-old is not mature enough to have an abortion, but is mature enough to be pregnant and become a mother before the age of 18. I want you to understand and grapple with the absolute fuckery that is the bullshit Republican cult right now. And if women and people with uteruses in this country do not stand up to this fucking fascism, I don't know where we will be a year from now, let alone in 2025, right? When a new president will be sworn in. Because I have to tell you that, you know, coming up, I is my conversation with our good friend Danielle Campamore uh, to talk about the latest with regard to the stories that she's been writing and has been hearing about what has happened to this country in just a matter of months with denying women access to abortion stories of, you know, pregnant women going into their doctor's office because, and finding out that their fetus is not compatible with life, but being forced to turn their womb into a fucking graveyard. Can you imagine having to carry a child that you know is not going to survive? But needing to walk around, go to work, go to school, go to church, synagogue, the mosque with a dying fetus inside of you? What kind of fucking gruesome medieval society do we live in? And what is it going to take for people to get into the fucking streets 
and realize that they need right now to fight for their lives. Because that's what the Republican cult is forcing us to do. This country is in such harm's way right now. There is just so much. And yes, I lifted up the other day that the Inflation Act was passed, major win for the Biden administration. Lifted up that the gun legislation, although it's not going to stop mass shootings and doesn't reinstate an assault rifles ban, but you know, it's something for people to hang their hats on. But this issue of abortion and reproduction and the ability to have freedom, right? Because this is what this is about. This is about women and people with uteruses having access to freedom, the freedom to chart your path, the freedom to establish your dreams, the freedom to have access to an education. Because this is the other thing that I will talk about with Danielle is that you don't need to look really far for the correlations between poverty and child pregnancy, right? You don't need to look far to understand that the expectancy, right, of success from a teen mother is not high. So for, again, for a country that says that they care about children, we're really doing a shit job because soon we'll probably have child brides and child labor again. Because that's how much we just need more cogs in the machine in the capitalistic fascist machine. That's all we need. You know, I saw a meme the other day and I said, wow, goddamn." And the meme said something to the effect. It was two cartoon characters, two white cartoon characters staring at each other. And they, the first one has a sign on it that says capitalism. And it looks at the other cartoon character and points and says, who are you? And the other cartoon character has a sign on it that says fascism. I'm fascism. I'm what happens when times get tough. Right? We wonder how the Holocaust happened. We wonder how these issues happen in countries where you see governments overthrown and you see vicious violence, right, at the hands of government and state police usually comes during times like this. And we are seeing it day by day. So what's going to happen when all of Congress is filled with Marjorie Taylor Greens and Lauren Boebert's? Well, it will cease to be Congress because their whole goal will be to do what Donald Trump began, which is a dismantling of all of the agencies and government as a whole, but they'll continue to bolster up the military, which they will use against the people of this country. If we don't wake the fuck up, right? If we don't wake the fuck up, we are going to lose everything. Coming up next, my conversation with our friend, abortion advocate and writer for the Today Show, Danielle Campamore. Hey, I'm David Plotz of Slice Political Gabfest. As another election season accelerates, it can be tricky to sort through all the noise in the news. Each week on the Gabfest, John Dickerson, Emily Bazelon, and I decipher the headlines, break down the races, and tell you what issues really matter. We do not always agree. We definitely do not always agree. But we always deliver thoughtful debate, and we always have a good time. So subscribe to Slate's Political Gabfest. New episodes every Thursday. Thank you.
Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci is one of the latest shows on the TYT network and also the fastest growing news show in America. On his show, Dr. Ricci plays no games regarding policy, delivering a heavy dose of fact-based truth and penetrating analysis on all the top news stories focusing on racism, criminal and social justice, politics, police brutality, Karens, and much more. Listeners can also expect interviews with fascinating guests, political leaders, commentators, and even fiery debates with conservatives on a wide range of policy topics in the bullpen. It is an indisputable fact that you will love this show. Listen to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Folks, whenever I have the opportunity to speak with our friend Danielle Campamore, who writes for uh, the t- Today.com and many other outlets uh, on the issue of abortion, reproductive care, and health, um, you know, it's a trying time and it's hard conversations, but it's important conversations to have. And Danielle, I just want to start off. With, you know, since the Dobbs decision, which was the last time that we had the ability to speak, um, there's just been awful headlines after awful headlines with girls that aren't even teenagers, teenage girls um, living in states that are now abortion deserts and being forced, forced to give birth, being told like what just happened this week from a Florida court that a 16 year old girl isn't mature enough to have an abortion, but apparently she is mature enough to become a mother. And, you know, these stories are weighing on my soul, uh, and so many people. And so I just want to start off with asking, you know, how you are doing and how these stories, ones that you are writing yourself and then also reading are landing with you. Well, one, thank you so much for having me. It's always such a joy to speak with you, even in these types of circumstances. Um, It is always, I'll always start by saying it is a privilege to hold space with people who trust me with their stories, especially in some of the most dire circumstances that they've ever faced. I've spoke with a mom to a two-year-old who had to travel out of state because her fetus was incompatible with life, but she was denied an abortion. I spoke to another mother who had a four-year-old. She was forced to travel out of state for an abortion because her fetus had half a skull and half a brain incompatible with life, but she was denied an abortion. Um, You know, covering stories of a 10-year-old rape victim who had to travel out of state. Now that state has banned abortion in cases of rape and incest. So what was available to even that rape victim, that child is no longer available to people in that state of Indiana or states nearby. And then of course, as you mentioned, the 16 year old, I'm now working on a story speaking with other people who had to beg in a court when they were children who, because they either didn't have parents or they didn't have parental consent because their parents weren't safe people for them to speak to about having an unwanted pregnancy and what it was like for them to beg a judge to grant them access to healthcare. They had to speak about their GPAs. They had to say that they had good enough grades that had talked about their extracurricular activities to show that they were responsible children. Uh, Talk about their dreams as if they were their dreams worthy enough to be pursued as opposed to being forced to become a parent. Um, Mm. So again, it's, it's always a privilege that people trust me with their stories, but I'd be lying if I said there aren't tears shed on both sides, that it isn't, 
um, difficult to hear the harm being caused. And this harm, make no mistake, is not an accident. It is on purpose. The the even the exception language in these bans are vague purposefully. They get in the way of doctors being able to care for their patients adequately and in a way that they know what how to do, how they're trained to do. I mean, one of the conversations that I had that I think about, Danielle, all the time, I spoke with a physician who, uh, a woman who was pregnant comes in, she's in labor, 16 weeks, her membranes are gone, um, she's bleeding out, she's in, in extreme risk of of infection and going into sepsis and shock and dying. This doctor knows exactly what she needs to do. She needs to perform an abortion to remove the remains of the pregnancy to save this person's life. But she steps away from her patient. She goes out in the hall. She calls her lawyer who now is on speed dial to make sure that she won't go to prison and her children at home won't be left without a mom because she's stripped of her job and she's going to go to jail. And she talked about, I don't know how I'm going to live with myself if someone dies because I don't do my job, but my child loses a mom because I go to prison for doing my job. These are unbelievably cruel circumstances that doctors and patients, children, victims of rape are facing now. And um, it will only get worse, unfortunately. You know, Danielle, that's the stories that I know that you share and cover are absolutely heartbreaking and they're heartbreaking and they're necessary because people need to understand what their ambivalence causes, right? Because this isn't just an issue of people didn't vote, right? Like this isn't just an issue of people didn't show up and quote unquote, do the right thing. It's the idea that we believe that something that had been always in our lives was going to remain. And I don't know how to express to people now that if you are not voting with a, a level of fury, I, I still don't understand why people are not out in the streets every single day um, demanding that this country recognize women and people with uteruses as full human beings. I, I don't understand. But I wonder, you know, what if anything did the turnout in Kansas signal to you um, as, you know, the country was pretty much stunned uh, with the people of Kansas in a red state um, who are, quote unquote, conservative. I don't even know what that means these days. Um, but they voted no against the state's ability to strip away abortion. What, if anything, did that signal to you? It really signaled three things to me, and I've been thinking about this a lot leading up to Dobbs, but definitely once Dobbs uh, ruling came down and, and Roe uh, was no more. One, the failure of the media. This is not surprising to anyone who ever paid attention. Abortion is incredibly popular in this country. 70 plus percent of Americans believe that Roe should have remained intact. Republicans get abortions. Democrats get abortions. Catholics Christians, Baptists, Protestants, conservatives, liberals, atheists, you name it, everyone gets abortions. Um, and it, it's, in, it, it's incredibly popular, the idea that those decisions need to be made between a pregnant person, their medical care provider and their family. And if they have one, their religious leaders, 
uh, that's an incredibly popular, yet we've framed this for decades as a contentious issue, a debatable issue, when it's really just being debated by people in positions of power um, who have benefited off the idea that this is contentious and we shouldn't talk about it, because um, it really isn't. And that was borne out in Kansas in a quote unquote red state, where again, people want to make their own healthcare decisions regardless of who they vote for. And we're also seeing and this is borne out in one woman that I talked to in Texas who had to travel out of state for an abortion because the fetus wasn't compatible with life. She's talking to her family members and they didn't understand that what she needed was an abortion. They didn't comprehend that what they've actually fought for, they were happy to see Roe overturn, actually harmed one of their loved ones. And so, you know, people thought, well, what was for they was never going to hurt me and mine. Yep. Well, that's not yep. true. It will absolutely hurt you and yours one way or the other, whether you ever um, considered the possibility of having an abortion or not. And so we're seeing that galvanize voters um, in a way that perhaps have has surprised Republicans and, and Democrats alike. I think Fox News just came out with a polling in the shift of people turning towards Democrat leaders on the stance of abortion alone, nine uh, point shift for white women, 10 point shift for um, non-white women. Uh, the shift in dads was over 20 points. Uh, dads don't want people making wow. decisions for their daughters, for their wives, for their girlfriends, you know, uh, mistresses even. So, I mean, we're seeing what happens when um, the media could cover this more adequately. We're also seeing what could have happened if the Democratic Party never ceded the quote unquote moral high ground, never did the safe legal rare, but instead would have done the safe legal and whenever it is needed in in conversation with a patient and their doctor. Um, and now it is, I know, disheartening to the people that I've talked to who are being impacted to see uh, access to abortion care still being considered a political uh, chess piece as opposed to a dire human rights violation that is harming people in real time and will continue to do so. Um, and so hopefully uh, the Democrats don't just see this as a political talking point, but really a call to action to better support and protect um, their constituents. And that doesn't just include, as I mentioned, Democrat, uh, Democratic voters, but every voter in the country. You know, Danielle, there's something that I have been thinking about um, since this decision came down. And it's the fact that what happened around the same time, if not within the same year, as Roe v. Wade uh, becoming law of the land in the mid-1970s, is that women were actually able for the first time via via uh, the courts to be able to get credit cards, to be able to get mortgages, to have financial independence. That didn't happen in this country until the 1970s. And I wonder if you see as well the correlation between what we are seeing roll back in terms of bodily autonomy and the correlation between moving this not just with the body, but to every facet of a woman and a person with a uterus's life, where we could possibly see women have all uh, freedoms taken away from them and no one bat an eyelash. Do you see that correlation? 
I do. I mean, we saw it in the Dobbs decision in writing um, from other justices who suggested that we need to go back and look at at laws that, you know, protected access to birth control, for example, um, same sex marriage, um, interracial marriage. But I'm also seeing that in conversations that I'm having with people. I did a story for Today.com on people who look, they want to have babies. They were planning on starting their families. Then they lost the constitutional right to abortion care. And now they're reconsidering that, not just because of the potential physical ramifications. Again, what happens if they have an ectopic pregnancy? What happens if there's a pregnancy complication? Is the doctor going to pick the life of potential life of a fetus over their own? But also, what does this mean in terms of their ability to go back to work if they're a mother? What happens to them if they come into some sort of financial difficulty, they lose their job. Are they going to be shackled to someone who, yes, loves them now, but their own financial and freedom, their independence is, is important to them. And that was put out in, in real conversations that couples are having about this could extend to my financial security. This could extend to my ability to still be a, a member of the job force, my ability to go to work. So when we already have a country that doesn't mandate paid parental leave, that has limited access to affordable childcare, that has a rising maternal mortality rate and a maternal mental health crisis, all these things, they all go together and people are stopping and pausing and considering whether it's even safe for them to start families physically, financially or otherwise. I just, you know, the ramifications of all of this, I don't even think it's only been a couple of months right, since this decision came down. And what we are seeing across the board is just how fundamental uh, the access to abortion is in our lives, right? And, and you know, and it isn't, and to all of the stories that you started out with, it isn't just about, you know, oh, that what, what Republicans like to say, oops, I got pregnant, and so I'm using abortion as a birth control. It's like, no, I wanted this baby, and the baby is not, and the, and the fetus is not viable, right? So I'm supposed to turn my womb into, into what, a graveyard because of politics? I, I just, you know, I, I wonder, Danielle, what do you, if, if you were, you know, marshalling people together, what would the actions that you would want to see taken? Like what, what should people who are angry, who are sad, who are grief stricken, what would you have people be doing right now? And that, that is regular people on the ground and then the democratic establishment in this moment. Well, I've had a lot of those conversations with people that I've interviewed because so many of the interviews has ends with really candid questions where they'll ask me, I just don't know what to do. What do I do? I believe in the power of storytelling and we've seen how that works. I mean, Matt Gates attacked uh, abortion advocate in Texas uh, regarding her weight, tried to body shame her, tried to say that everyone who's upset about the end of Roe are all overweight and no one would want babies with them. Anyways, she turned around and raised over $2 million. And that was off of her storytelling, off of her experience, off of her uplifting other stories of people who have abortions. And so I think uh, there's power in talking about it. I think there's power in talking about it openly and honestly and candidly with friends and family members, as long as you're safe and supported. Um, and I, I fully believe it in the, the power of that. And we see that borne out time and time again. I, I believe that that's why Kansas, uh, the vote came down the way that it did and the citizens of that state decided to protect abortion access. That was led by people sharing abortion stories, sharing stories like the people that I've interviewed. And there's power in that. People see themselves in that. 
as far as those uh, that we've elected into office who have made promises about protecting access to abortion care, um, look, we don't need to point out that we lost Roe v. Wade after 50 years when we had a Democrat in the president, a, a Democrat um, controlled House and a Democrat controlled Senate. But you can't protect something if you don't name it out loud. And Come this on. president and many in his um, in his cabinet uh, won't even say the word abortion and there's stigma associated to that. And that really is a huge signal to people who have abortions, who need abortions for any number of reasons and any number of circumstances that for some reason they should be ashamed about it. And that's not what we need from those who in the in the same breath vowed to protect abortion. So I think it again, it, it starts with even just saying the word um, out loud. Uh, and that's that's the, the smallest of things that those in positions of power can do. You know, one of the other things that I've been thinking about as well, and again, just stories and correlation between what is happening and what we've seen in other countries is talk to us about, you know, the correlation between education, right? Like being able to have access to an education and these young girls that are being forced into motherhood that what, what, what do we think is going to happen? when uh, a 16 year old is now forced into being into parenthood? What do we think is going to happen uh, when a 10 year old is forced into parenthood? So I want to know if in your research, also you see the correlation between, uh, you know, lack of access to, to education, poverty, and what, and, and kind of the cycles that will come out of the denial of abortion. Absolutely. I mean, make no mistake, the stories that we're hearing now, they're not new stories. These stories have long existed, but they've existed in primarily black communities, brown communities, poor, rural and LGBTQ plus communities. So there's a lot to be said for why they aren't covered at the capacity that they're covered now. And that's, again, something the media needed to reckon with. And we would have covered abortion the way we we're covering it post row. People wouldn't be as surprised as they are now. It wouldn't be this shocking that that access to abortion care or lack thereof can harm everybody because we would have covered it adequately, but that those stories came from predominantly black communities and therefore for overlooked is a big reason why we are here um, now in this moment. But to your point, look, Tons of studies have shown the harm that is caused by people who are denied access to abortion care. They have a higher risk of living in poverty. The majority of them are already mothers. So their parent or so the children that they already have hit milestones later than kids um, yeah. from other families. Their kids are are uh, more likely to live in poverty, uh, more likely to suffer uh, via their education. Uh, it causes exponential harm. And this isn't just when it comes to abortion either. There are studies that show that young girls and people who get periods miss school because they don't have access to adequate period products because they don't understand what's going on with their body and they're afraid because there's stigma associated to that too all these things are inter interconnected the more education we have the more the media actually um informs the public instead of both sides issues under the guise of neutrality but just informs the public and then we expand access to education child care to other reproductive services, the more that people will be able to make better informed decisions that allow them to pursue their education, their career goals, any number of things that they can do. But without those things, without access to reproductive health care, including abortion, without access to other services, um, and without the stories from the most marginalized, so many people are going to be harmed. Women are, are going to be missing from the workforce, from 
higher uh, forms of education from positions of power. We're going to lose voices that we need. That includes in the House and the Senate, in local government. It will be that much harder. I mean, I'm a mom. I love my children. I have been able to pursue a career that I love with my children in tow, but it is not a lie to say it's much harder. And without access to support that I am lucky enough and privileged enough to have, would I be where I am now? I don't think so. That's not, mm. you know, a, a lie. It's mm -hmm. not um, anything other than the, the truth. Raising children is hard, mm -hmm. especially for working moms who still face a disproportionate amount of work inside the home where we're still considered primary parents by our employers and by schools. They call us first. They rely on us first. And if we have a, a, a cis male partner, they are considered secondary. Until that changes too, it will always fall on moms. And that's why we need that additional support. And that includes access to abortion. Um, and unfortunately, we're seeing that taken away state by state, um, clinic by clinic, and it's not seeming to slow down. You know, one of the other things that I have been saying, and this is something that at some point I need to write about myself, which is the creation of a permanent underclass, which is what allows fascism to grow, right? You need a, 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 a permanent underclass. And how do you get that? You take away people's education, you take away access to abortion, you take away, you know, any protections in the workforce. Um, and, and little by little, you rob people of their hope in their future. And that's what, and that's what, uh, allows, you know, this type of authoritarian, um, regime to thrive. And so I, I want people to be able to connect the dots between all of the things that are happening and what their vision, right? What the opposition's vision is, um, for the future. Danielle, for those um, who are listening that are feeling powerless, that are feeling hopeless, what do you say to them? Well, one, your feelings are valid. And I think that it's okay to sit in them. Um, toxic positivity is also real. And I think that to deny how burdensome this is, how difficult it is, how disheartening and heartbreaking it is, especially as we hear more of these stories, is to deny yourself a part of that humanity that keeps us um, capable of possessing empathy and sympathy. Um, and those can be galvanizing. So your feelings are valid. But then I would encourage you to listen, to listen to the people that this is impacting the most, to read those stories, to listen to people, to have those conversations. And I mean, um, it can be challenging at times to say vote. Um, and I can understand yeah. that that can be very um, frustrating for people to hear when so many did vote and they put the people that they wanted in office and here we are anyways. But um, making your voice heard is incredibly important um, in, in a variety of ways. Voting is one of them, but it's not the only one. But I do think it is an important one. And then, yeah, have those conversations, support the people who are sharing their stories, especially um, in some of the most heartbreaking of times. And in all the conversations that I've had with all of these people who have trusted me with their experiences, one resounding lesson that they've taken away from, from what they've endured um, is to support and protect your people, your community, 
show up for each other because no matter what we do have each other, you have your community members, you have your neighbors. And the more that we show up for each other, especially when people are being encouraged to tell on each other in states like Texas and Oklahoma and Ohio and Louisiana, the more that we're told that we need to be pointing fingers at each other and distrusting each other, the more harm we're causing our communities and therefore ourselves. So show up for each other, trust each other, help each other, support each other. And in that, I think we'll find power and hope. Danielle Campamore, as always, thank you so much for making the time to join Woke AF and continue the good, valiant fight that you wage every single day. We appreciate you. Thank you, my dear friend. I appreciate you. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit RightRug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.